I feel like I'm giving y'all Lenny Kravitz vibes right now. You are. Kravitz. You are. I'm giving y'all Lenny Kravitz vibes. Dead it's ass. just because I know specifically the picture I'm talking about. You are conjuring up <laughs> in your head. That's what yes. it is. And I'm like, is um, this a shared experience? I really am giving y'all that energy. Welcome to Between Me and You podcast. Where everything that goes down stays right here. Eric! What? I like the glitter, the sequins, the beading. I love it. The glam, the glitz, the glam. Also, yeah. When I tell you, like, everything in my life is kind of like pink, y'all think I'd be kidding. But as you can see, there are literally three different shades of pink blankets on my bed right now. There's like a mauve color. This red thing low key count to me, but I know it's not because it's more like a maroony, but. Yeah. Maroon. If it ain't pink, it's gonna sink. Oh, okay. Come through the rhymes. Get me my contract. Give me my. You get me my contract. You should get. You should. Yo, get us sponsored by Pink. The underwear by Victoria's Secret. No. no. Damn. <laughs> no. <laughs> Salt. Yeah. Is there another pink no. one? Um, I was Ooh, thinking pink. like Pink the artist. No, fuck Pink. That was too passionate. I don't like pink. Um, I like pink back in the day, but also pink did the same thing that all these white artists do. Like my like Christina Aguilera. Like Christina Aguilera, but they just like truly they were black fishing before they before black fishing. fishing. (laughs) Exactly. That shit is gross. Not a they were black fishing in spirit. Not in skin yeah. tone, but in spirit. Shit is nasty. I was like, you hurt. They're like, and, oh, um, this don't sell anymore. Let me go back to my white roots. Exactly. Um, a la Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus and and you know I got beef with Miley Cyrus. I got beef with Miley. Who's the girl? Who's the woman who is now married to Blake Shelton? Hollaback girl. Ain't no her too. Oh, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani too. Mm-hmm. Especially Gwen Stefani because she did that other song that was that slapped, but was definitely like taking from everybody's culture are you talking about bananas no 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 i'm talking about i'm saying that's how i learned how to spell banana in in first grade oh that's slap if i was a all i hear in my head now when i see that so flow millie i'm about to send you the picture of the lenny kravitz that i'm trying to summon not summon does he have any like problems that would cancel him that i should know about before i start saying all you know things. not that i know of okay not that i know of so i feel like i feel like he's fine right like he's okay yeah he is fine okay you're right about that okay you're right about that, you're you're right about that. You're doing a lot. Emma, i'm not doing enough sleep you're here you're ready locked and loaded are you ready for the ketchup i am ready for the ketchup and the mustard Yeah. That was a bad joke. (laughs) I loved it. How are you? What are you into? Eric. What are some things you talked about you're thinking about? Eric, I am fantastic. 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 Um, I've I've been pretty great. It's been a great few weeks. Um Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I'm just so so great filled with gratitude gratitude. and it's i don't know it's just so nice to like be great for a few days or like a few weeks because i feel like during the pandemica that that feeling is fleeting (laughs) but i mean it could also be like it's been like really nice all week so i've been able to go outside and go for walks So that's like been really nice. I've been walking along the lake, which is probably like the coldest place I could probably walk. Um, But it's like so nice. And I'd be watching the duck struggle um, (laughs) on the ice. Like I watched one try to like swim through the ice, but he couldn't. So he kept like jumping up and like jumping over stuff. And I was like, bro, like just turn around. Didn't the big ducks try to help? No, he was by himself. 
Oh, yeah, he was by himself. And I was just like, you okay, bro? But then he just sat there. So he seemed pretty content to me. And then I walked okay, away because I was like, this is weird. Why are we watching oh. this? Duck. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Um, <laughs> You know what has been keeping me enthralled and entertained? Enthralled. What? Wanda Vision. Really? I have not watched it yet. Eric. It's amazing. Eric. We love a black superhero. Superheroine. Eric. <laughs> you have to watch it. Okay, bet. Because I think it's going to tie into the movies later. Like, it's mm. great backstory. And it's also really cool because you are seeing, like, origin stories in slow motion. That's all I'll say. Mm. I like that. It's good. Like, it's so good. At the end of each episode, I literally sit here and I, like, read articles about the episode. And I'm, like, over here trying to theorize stuff. And then wow. I call my sister and I go through all these theories with her. And I'm, like... I'm that person. That's amazing. Yes, it's 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 good. You need to watch. So next time I talk to you, you should have <laughs> at least watched like the first watch. two episodes. How long are the episodes? 30 minutes or like hour? They're about 30 minutes. Oh, okay, I feel like perfect. they're getting longer as the season goes on. The last episode was like 40 minutes. Okay. But the first one is like 20 something. That's... And now I have a theory about that, but I'm not going to spoil it. In what is WandaVision uh, on? Is it on Netflix? Hulu? It's on Disney Amazon Plus. Prime? Disney Plus? Okay, bad. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad. Okay, bad. You need to do that. Like, for real. Perfect. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't because you also are an MCU fan. I am. I haven't been uh, watching a lot of, like, good shows, to be honest. I've been watching well, a that's a good show. I mean, I watch Bravo, so, like, I don't even count. <laughs> I have no... My opinion about television shouldn't even count because I love reality oh, TV. Right, I watch I Real Housewives. Ooh, I watch okay. The Love and Hip Hop. No, you don't. Yes, I do. It's it's so bad. Like, it's so bad that so I just be like watching. I remember like, when it was really popular. I was like, girl, why are we watching this? I was like, because we like really bad TV. Who is still in Love and Hip Hop that was on there on the early season? Um, to be I honest, I think, I think the last season I saw, I didn't even finish it. So, But Real Housewives, Entertainment, it's, a, it's really... It's really interesting. Um, the city they Um, I watch three of them right now. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Potomac, and I watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. In Utah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. They just had their first season. I need to catch up and watch the last. No. I need to watch part three of the reunion. Okay. What are they doing in Utah? Um, being Mormons. Being um, Mormons. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just really interesting to get insights on, like, I think, like, very specific parts of society. And yeah. then I think seeing how, like, people's identities influence, like, the way that they act or they're perceived. Yeah. Both, like, within, like, their ca uh, cast, but also by, like, us people on the outside looking at. Um, yeah. Can you tell I have a sociology degree? No, I was going to say there's something really interesting <laughs> that could be said about how these shows position the role of house women, mm -hmm. um, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and like the invisibility a lot of like, not invisibility, but the lack of presence of whoever the husbands are in the show. That thing it, it depends. could be a whole thing. I mean, I know in like Housewives of Atlanta, especially early seasons, the men were very present, like yes, significantly present. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's something to be said about like decentering mm -hmm. the husbands in these shows. Yeah. And well, I there think could be space for really good analysis, but I don't know if that's yeah. done actually. I don't know if it's like actually. I don't even really think pieces on it to be honest. Um, <laughs> I feel like Atlanta is interesting within itself because from my experience with the other shows many of the women in, in on um atlanta are um i would say like i would say i don't want to say like self-supporting but like they don't solely rely on like their husband for right like income and so forth whereas like in other cities right. it was like oh i married rich or mm -hmm. like 
or or something of that nature you know what i mean versus like where atlanta's just like no like i got the bag i right. still gets the bags right xyz or seeing people yeah. like i think um depart from their spouses and like still exactly. remain with that level of affluence because of the i think the clout and the level of celebrity that the show gives them yeah um, like nini i think about yeah. nini specifically of like literally does not need <laughs> her husband but also does not need that show and i think a lot of the a lot of the cast members from house of atlanta have like superseded that yeah. show in a lot of ways i'm thinking about nini and portia specifically of like people who i'm like i know their names because my mom knows their names and i'm screaming like, like i have seen them on other shows like i've seen them in other yeah. places yeah. outside of house of atlanta i'm like that is like and phaedra I'm like, I'm like in this like. Ooh, baby, don't mention Phaedra. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Now like, if they want to spice it. If they want to spice it back up, bring Phaedra. But they never gonna bring. If they bring Phaedra back, like Candy would have to like not be a part of that show and like. <laughs> and Candy, yeah. But so many of these folks have superseded that show, right? It's like they don't physically need that show for their stardom to still be where it's at. Some of them, yeah, do, that's true. But a lot of them from Atlanta do not. Yeah. Now, I don't know none of these people from, uh, which call it. Salt Lake, City. Salt Lake City is different <laughs> out there. Like, and and I think, and I think it's also just thinking about, I think one, how like religion can influence societal norms. Um, as we all know, like that's what religion has always done, like influence societal norms. And I think for me personally, it's like very interesting because I think in my life, I see sort of like this separation between church and state for real, for real, um, where people aren't, I would say, like as dictated by what their religion expects from them. But from like just watching that show specifically, um, it seems like there's still there's still very much like an alignment between societal norms Um and the Mormon religion um, that we don't necessarily see um, as often in, I think, like, um, more, like, in, in, in other religions, like, for example, like, me being raised, like, Baptist, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's interesting. It's, like, really interesting. I think it is interesting. I was going to yeah. say, I was, I was wondering if you were, were going to tie it back to, like, Black forms of Christianity. Um, Cause I would assume yeah. in Atlanta, the majority of them are probably Christian who are in that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would assume that it, too. Yeah, let me be honest. I would love, love to know, but it also makes me think about how when black and we don't see shows, that we don't see that often. Yeah, like I think in the, I think maybe like late nineties, like up until the early two thousands, religion was somewhat mentioned in in shows, like whether it was like. Because it was an episode or two take take place in church, or they're mentioning like coming back from church or going to church or X, Y, and Z. We don't get that as often in television shows anymore. Um, which I think is really interesting because I would still say that black churches are still an integral part of black communities. Yeah. You know? And so it's just like we don't see that we don't see that representation and television shows anymore um I wasn't, yeah which hmm, i don't even know what to say about that like i think it's great because to me it's like the understanding that black people aren't all black people you you mean aren't going to be christian right. or xyz like there are so many different ways in which black people will and in so many ways in which black people aren't a monolith and right. I think one one thing we think about specifically is like, oh, all black people are Christians because slavery. Right. When it's just like, well, no, because all, all black people in America aren't descendants of slaves. And even if they were all descendants of slaves, that does not mean that they all celebrate Christianity. Yeah, I think a I specific, mean specific like form of Christianity. Right. And I think that narrative like also negates like how critical. One, I think there's a narrative of like black people who now like 
are fully invested in Islamic practices or folks who are a nation that come mm-hmm. from like black traditions mm-hmm. are like inherently like anti-establishment or anti-structure, et cetera. And I think that disacknowledges that that's a word, like a lot of the histories of like Islamic expansion mm-hmm. in West Africa, um, in Central Africa, and how a lot of Islamic practices in like the black parts of Africa also come from a history of conquering. Like there's also like that narrative to it that I think is lost. But what I was gonna say about um, about blackness and Christianity and how like the folks, I don't know how Housewives of Salt Lake City plays out, um, mm-hmm. like how Mormonism comes a part of it, but I do think there's like a subtlety to the ways that um, religion and shows that are directed often by white folks, but like with black characters or casts um, utilize like black Christianity is either like mm-hmm. a medium of like a gimmick Mm-hmm. um of like this is like what these people do this is like how mm-hmm. these people act um or use it as like a medium of like defending where like often I think people are like put in a position of like you are like this archetype mm-hmm. or I think it comes in like the pattern of like um like because black folks act in these particular ways mm-hmm. like this is the role Christianity plays for them so it's I'd like yeah, you know, people are like shaking ass on Saturday and in the church on Sunday as like the as like the archetype, or yeah. it's the archetype of like this person is especially like good, especially mm-hmm. like um should be praised on this show because mm-hmm. of like this attachment they have to this religion. So yeah. I think I think that's interesting because I don't know if it plays out that same way for white folks or white women on shows. Um and I'm only saying that because I would I think- say Salt Lake City is interesting in the sense that of all the cast, there are two people of color. And they're also the only people on the cast who aren't Mormon. Like, one of them is uh, Pentecostal, like, has her own church type, um, and she's Black. And the other person is, um, I want to say, is Asian, right? Um, Maybe, I think, Pacific Islander, to be more specific. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's actually Muslim. She grew up Mormon, but she's Muslim um, because her husband is a Black man, and he's Muslim, and, like, you know, she went through... Mm -hmm um she converted um and so i think that's also interesting like there's just a just the position of i think how the outside world understands mormonism to be like this very white religion and how like on the show it's still portrayed as a very a very white religion um and even like thinking about some of the commentaries that um are made about mormonism you can definitely i think hear and see the ways in which i think whiteness in particular plays a role yeah but not to analyze you know real housewives no i was gonna say one more thing (laughs) i'll be done but we could analyze real housewives this should be episode we could Um, analyze real housewives (laughs) i was gonna say i also think that because mormonism isn't like a overtly national sect of like Christianity where like people, you know, in New York and whatever Mm -hmm. are practicing this like consistently. It also makes me think about how it doesn't get the same attention of like how it's proselytized other cultures in the same way that like mainstream Christianity has done. And I think Mm -hmm. about specifically when I went to Hawaii with my friend and I was seeing all of these churches that were like Church of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) And and they're all Mormon churches. And I was like, did Mormons come to this, like, to these mm-hmm. islands and proselytize all of these people mm-hmm. and, like, do all these conversions? And I was, like, just thinking about how I, I I think this is making me be really curious because I wonder how it's portrayed in the show, but also thinking about how much one of the main differences between mm-hmm. religions, whether they're dominant or not, that are practiced by people who are in, like, often um, groups that are like submerge under oppression <laughs> in a lot of ways um and people who are white and practice those religions is like the history of violence and i think like the key understanding of like mm-hmm. mormonism and violence is like not as talked about as like protestantism and violence or like the Anglican church and violence and i'm wondering where that shows up especially for the two people of color in that show who like practice religions that are more yeah Mm, yeah.
Yes. And yeah, now you got me thinking about how religions are based. Yeah, how religions basically just colonize <laughs> communities. Um, in particular, now I'm thinking about like service trips that, you know, like churches and places do like, oh yes, let's go here. And like the Lord wants us to go here and help right. these people. And I'm like, okay, you could go and, and help. Brainwashing. But like you going to help and then like boy. converting like people. Boy in a black ass church. Uh, <laughs> I was I was I was not okay. I was literally right. my grandma my grandma brings us up all the time and I'm like grandma we get it Lanisa's always question religion leave me alone lady but she's always just like do you remember <laughs> when you were you were like three or four right and you're like grandma god don't make no sense yeah. and when she said it even now I'm like but he don't like right. please point out the sense in any of this to me She's like, but he's right. not supposed to make sense. Yeah, and no, I'm just I, like, I agree. I don't think but I grandma, how am I supposed to understand anything if he never makes sense? On like what the tradition is like expressing. But I No. I think I I don't know. I think I derive clarity. And people are like, you're not supposed to have clear answers. And I'm like practices but aren't you? other cultures. Like I know for like my people who practice Christianity that are black. And that are like come from my community like it is tied to like histories of enslavement and like freedom seeking and like liberation practices and like dancing and singing as a way to communicate how we get mm -hmm. the fuck out of here and i think like those yeah. key practices for me are like this is why this is important to me it's not because like i believe in like a white god or i believe in like the christianity that is by the book and i think if anybody has gone to black churches we don't talk about mm -hmm. the book a lot like the book doesn't get said until like the last 15 oh, minutes no. like most of it is like what is happening in the community or singing and dancing and i'm like for me it is like that no. is the aspects of like this singing faux mm -hmm. like version of christianity that is like not fully by the white book and i think white people would be really shocked like consistently attend white black churches because it is not in most times mm -hmm. by the book um but I think I think for me the clarity is derived from like this is ancestral practice. Where like I don't have I don't I don't believe in like ancestors from like continent Africa for me, but I do believe in mm -hmm. my ancestors that go like eight generations back on this land. And like for me, I'm like, mm -hmm. I understand that like ring shouts and those practices and like these instruments that we've created here that don't mm -hmm. exist in other places because we created them are like important to tie to more so than like Romans chapter 12. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like to me, it is like that. Yeah, I cannot, <laughs> like, you could ask Lanise to quote a Bible verse, and Lanise will not, because right. Lanise does not know Bible verses. <laughs> like, I was very much of the wind in church, and, like, there were right. years of my life where we basically went every Sunday. <laughs> I was just yeah. not paying attention there. I was like, this don't make sense. Only thing that makes sense to me is the music. Like, I feel it then don't know what to tell you and I think also one of the things for me is just like I just never understood how like I'm like okay this is church and church is supposed to welcome everybody but there are all these like rules in place like me it was just like how is this supposed to be a representation of somebody who is supposed to like love us and accept us in all of our iterations of life like right. to me that didn't make sense and because yeah. I was, I think, raised in a church that often did that, yeah. um, like, it just didn't make me comfortable right. with the way that religion was expressed to me. Like, yeah. we could literally have a whole episode talking about spirituality. And that's we not what should. this episode is about. But we should. But we should. It. Because yeah. for me, it's like, I like, and I think I've said this in the first episode, but like, it's truly a personal journey. Like that is personally how I view it. And so for me, if it's a personal journey, then if I choose not to, I guess like um, come together with other people with, with those shared values and beliefs, then that's okay. But I think in the black tradition, that is not okay. Because then you become like a heathen and you aren't, you don't believe in God. And I'm just like, but what is me stepping into a church have to do anything because if you know what I know and I know y'all know what I know right. some of the most sinning people 
and also i know all scents are equal but some of the most (laughs) i think contradictory behavior i think happens in church like absolutely you say all of these things and then but baby you got two other wives right you got three other families absolutely you say these things to me but yet you were doing the same thing at my age so i am i am one of confusion and that has never sat right with me about churches and probably why if i don't step foot in a church at any point in my lifetime from here on out i will be okay yeah because to me it's like what's up we good all right I hear you. And I agree. I think your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with people Mm -hmm. who are telling you how to talk to God. I also think there's a difference in like individual exploration of spirituality and like a process of like collective, like collect, like Mm -hmm. collective um, worship. Mm -hmm. I think I'm drawn to collective worship, which is why I was in gospel choir. Like for me, gospel choir Mm -hmm. was a place of like collective worship, which for me, I'm like, I, and I think that's what, that's what makes worshiping now, like during COVID times for me, difficult. Yeah. Where I'm like, I feel like I enjoy But that's the people. only part, like for, like for yeah. me, that's yeah. the only part I would say that like, if I could go to church and all we do is sing for two hours, help me in. <laughs> yeah. I will be there. Right. But yeah. you t- telling me your interpretation of a book, I know how right. to analyze text. Right, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, I could do that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I think religion, or like not religion, but church, mm-hmm. like school, like sports, and like yeah. all these other categories, is like take what you need. Mm-hmm. Is what I is is my approach to it. It's like I came from a church where like there were a lot of queer people who were in charge of the church. Like there was a mm-hmm. lot of folks who like played piano or like were reverend. Like they were also extremely homophobic and like also like extremely transport. We had like people who were like closeted transports in our church as well. But like we had all these like ways that I saw people weaving themselves into like this fabric where they mm-hmm. may not have like seen a welcoming entrance, which I think is like another mm-hmm. category of like, how do black people who are marginalized within their own like groups mm-hmm also seek liberation or also seek clarity mm-hmm. or also yeah. seek inclusion where there might not be any. And again, that draws me back to like all of these underground scenes that are quote unquote only underground because they were never accepted in the mainstream. And I'm like, yeah, I think church is a big place where like, again, ballroom happened and like all these other ways mm-hmm. that like young queer people, especially like took what they needed and created other like forms of creativity um and i think that's where my mind goes oftentimes it's like where have people who are marginalized within their own groups created space for themselves and like how can we attach yeah. ourselves to that in ways that are productive yeah because i feel you like i cannot be in a space consistently that is going to like dehumanize folks that i care about but this is not and yeah. it doesn't matter if it's coming from my people or not like that's not a place mm-hmm. where i'm willing to be um, so I feel you and yeah, that's real, real. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I will say out of the almost 25 years I have been on this earth, I have literally only heard one sermon in my entire life that has made sense. Wow. When you, say made, when, you say, when you say made sense, what do you mean for you? I mean, like I sat there. And I was like, I understand what this man is talking about. <laughs> like, this is accessible AF. Mm, yeah. You know? And I think in some ways, like, there's that, there's that um, accessibility piece with it all. Like, yeah, baby, I don't know what King James Version is talking about. Thou, like, <laughs> please use English English standard right. over here. You um, are Ave. <laughs> right, Ave, please, Ave me. Um, and so I think that is interesting but if if I could find I think I would be more open to it if I could find a place that was like inclusive um and like supporting of like marginalized folks um in society especially like marginalized black people um and I think we are getting there but yeah I agree it's hard it's like hard and complicated and also hard and complicated when like 
Christian folks are like, we accept and love everybody. I'm like, but y'all don't. Right. But you don't. And so it's just like, how do we reconcile, I think, historically, like what Christianity is and what is done in terms of like harming communities? Yeah. Right. And not even just like these like, I don't want to say super marginalized, but like these specifically, I'm thinking like queer communities and black communities, but like, how has it also harmed like anything that's not a white man? If we're going to be frank. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I was going to, what I was going to do was throw white women in there too, but then I stopped, I just settled myself and was like, it's okay. I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't have to get into that right now. Cause I do think there's ways that the church well, elevates and has elevated white women to a place of oh, like yeah, 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 extreme yeah. protection that is like, not Oh yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I agree with that. But I also think about somebody said something to me the other day and they were just like, Oh, like, you know, back then, you know, People stayed married longer. They, you know, remained in their marriage longer. And what I thought was just like, well, that's probably because like women, specifically white women, mm-hmm. um, like wouldn't be able to support themselves outside of their marriage. Like it wasn't until like the 80s where you couldn't open it, like where women could finally open a bank account without their husband. Right. And so just thinking about how like not even being able to like support support yourself in these like legal financial ways have probably impacted white women even though like that's complicated within itself so just thinking about like in a lot of ways people married out of necessity let's not sit here and pretend that marriage has always been about love no like marriage is about about, (laughs) marriage is about like love is love is nice right to have in a marriage but like marriage marriage is about making connections Marriage is about taxes, and, truly. It's and about money. property taxes. It's a contract. <laughs> it's a contract like it's literally a contract. Taxes. That's actually what it is. It is a legally binding contract. That's okay. What it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I, so I just think that's interesting too. Like, there are definitely ways in which the church has played a role in, like, both, I think, harming white women, but also protecting them. Absolutely. And I, I'm going I'm to do one more. We're gonna do it, and it's gonna be it. No, I think it really does reaffirm so many status quo oppressions that exist. Like the church really does that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, like analysis of texts that are typically done by like people who have more access to power, like normally mm-hmm. normally men in whatever church context mm-hmm. you're, you're in. And then I'm gonna harp on this point about white women one more time, and then I'm gonna be done. Go ahead. All I'm gonna say is that despite um, the significant like financial ailments that I went encountered. And also despite like a lot of physical violence I encountered from white men, um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and say the level of violence, um, both financial, physical, and like emotional that white women have enacted on so many other populations, but specifically mm-hmm. like black women and men and indigenous peoples. And I'll say black peoples again to be all inclusive because I was not inclusive earlier. But like that, in my opinion, like challenges this notion of like, what is agency in context? Like what does agency mean? Mm-hmm. If you have the agency to create, sustain oppressions onto other people for generations while remaining like tacitly aware of your own oppression, that is a challenge to me of like, what does it mean to have agency in these situations? Like, what does that mean for us? How do we analyze agency? And it also makes you think about, um, damn, think about this poet. She had a conversation with James Baldwin. I'm trying to think of her name and I can't. Um, she's also a poet. But she was questioning James Baldwin of like, you, Nikki Giovanni, uh-huh. She was like, thank you. That's my brother talking in the background. Um, she was telling James Baldwin, like, you often stand up for black men despite knowing that black men will come home after their long job from work of like being racially abused by white people and then go home and do the same thing to their black counterpart, to their black wife often. Why are you standing up for these men who like can clearly see, understand, visualize and are aware of their own oppression and then do it again to the people who they are supposed to hold dearest? And so for me, it's another like question of 
we often have agency in these situations, um, but typically it happens when you understand your power over someone. Um, and so untying that is like, to me, where we get to like ultimate truth of what the fuck do you value? Like for other black men out there, like who are in like intimate relationships with black women, like who are you valuing in this relationship? Is it yourself or is it like the black woman that you are with? And I think like that is truly the question of like, are we getting to a shared understanding of power? Are we getting to a shared understanding of like valuing? Or are we like still caught up in our own like masculinity's attachment to whiteness and like paternalism? And that's, that's all I'm gonna say on that. Go ahead and sip that latte you got because I'm going to drink my water. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. I can't let, Refreshing, isn't it? I can't it? let people get away with that type of stuff. It's different. I have nothing to say after that one. I do, but again, that's not what we came here to talk about. I'm weak. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about this later. <laughs> we're gonna talk about this later. You gonna go to the main segment? Yes, Let's that was yes. Da, 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 music. <laughs> Screaming. Our main segment, ladies, between you and Ooh, I. Chile. Ooh, Chile. <laughs> talking about layers. That's all we're talking about today. Oh, layers. Not when people was mad that black folks were saying child. They was like, what do y'all have against Chile? I was like, oh, wait, no, go. there was like, <laughs> there was this whole thing on Twitter where they were just like, black people are being xenophobic against Chileans. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> It's child, baby. We saying child. Like, like, we said woo Chile because some little non-black person on the internet said, woo Chile. <laughs> and we was just like, baby, what? And it's... That's a joke. Like... It's so funny to me that they literally... I was like, just like... Black. It's gotten to the point where I say, like, woo Chile, like, seriously, <laughs> like, unironically at this point. But I, in my head, I'm like, woo child. But a lot of them like, woo Chile. I love that. Ooh, Chile. Folks be wild. They try so hard to get they black do. people for no reason. And this is why we say Ebonics, A-A-V-E, whatever you want to call it, has rules. Like y'all, right, people right. just think they can just pick it up, throw it around, and it still makes sense. No, there right. are rules because it's a dialect. Right. And dialects have what, y'all? Rules. Right. There are rules. Yeah. Give us that credit. Idiots. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Idiots. We went everywhere today. I don't even know how long this is we so have. far. I told you. I'm going to have to be a little more concise on these next segments. You're going to have to be concise. Okay, somebody said, this is a question specifically for you, Eric. Wow. <laughs> How come me and Eric can never both be on time to the same meeting? Oh, who said that? Did you say that? Was no, that I didn't say that. Was it Mark? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yo, first of all, that's my boy. Uh, second of all. I know it's like his second or third mention this episode. I mean, you know, you know I love Mark. Um... Yo, I be on CP time. And honestly, Mark spends too much time around POC because he be on CP time too. So. I'm screaming. So that's that on that. But I will say we work really well together. And, you know, time is a, is a construct, honestly. It is, like everything so. else. <laughs> Who said I got to be on time? Exactly. So that's that on that. Okay. Um, I got two. Somebody wants advice about negotiating salary. Wow. That's what I said when I read that. I was just like, I don't know if I can help. Um, Really? Please share. We don't like frill. Please share with us. (laughs) Let us know. Give us the tea. Is it what would a mediocre white man do? Because that's my motto. That's how I go through life. Essentially, I was talking to my supervisor, and then I'm literally mm-hmm. gonna start talking. I've talked a lot this episode. I'm gonna be done, Lenise. I'm like, I'm making. It's okay. They love hearing your voice. So we just went through our promotional part of our fiscal year in my job, mm-hmm. and my supervisor, who is the project director, um, she's a black woman, and she literally was just like, 
laying it down, talking about how white folks will come in, like with like very little experience and mm-hmm. ask for like $30,000 over like what the expected pay is. And like, they have to negotiate from there. And she was like, and so many like black folks will come in and like not negotiate at all. It will get paid the bare minimum. And so what I took from that and to this person who just asked that question, literally nothing you say is stupid. Like, remember that nothing you say has not been said before when it comes to like these numbers of what you want. And I would genuinely say like, calculate what you need to be happy. Yep. Calculate whether that is your rent, whether that is like your utilities, calculate all those expenses and then calculate all the things that you want to spend and how much money you need left over from there and mm-hmm. give them that number. Yeah. And, and put a little cushion on it. Like, yeah. because white folks are doing it and have been doing it for such a long time. Yeah. That's my advice. And, and I always do like, um, like always look across the living because that's like helpful for you to understand, like, you know, like, for example, $70,000 in Ohio, not going to be the same as like $70,000 in California. Like right. the dollar stretch a little bit more out here. Okay. <laughs> like it's not. So you also need to think of that. And like, I truly try to like walk this world like a mediocre white man and thinking about like, what would a mediocre white man do? You know, like they'd be like, ah. I'm not qualified for this job at all, but I'm going to apply because that's what I want to do. And they do it. Right. Like, I think oftentimes as like people of color, we think, oh, man, I'm not hitting everything Mm -hmm. on this qualified list. So I like I can't ask for more money because I'm not truly qualified. But like, obviously, if they offer you money, like if y'all had negotiating salary they think you're qualified like at the very least qualified enough to hire you you know what i mean whether that means you're under or over qualified whatever they have they see your value and i feel like that's really all that matter right Mm -hmm. um and i think more than anything i think sometimes they won't give you time to respond if that makes sense like um sometimes like i think what i've personally experienced is like people call you with an offer and expect you to say yes in that moment but it's right. definitely okay to say, hey, I need some time to think this over because you don't want to say yes. And then you're like sort of locked in to this salary that you don't really want or don't think is enough or whatever. So, and that could be like negotiating salary can also be like negotiating benefits if that is applicable as well. So just think about those things. Like you can always give yourself space and time. And to be honest, if somebody is pushing you to make that decision, and they're not willing to give you that time. Think about, is that a place you actually want to work for? Mm, you know what I mean? That's good. That's like, why are you rushing me? Me telling you now in two days from now, like, is not going to make that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. You know? So I always, I always, always try to ask for time. And that's not something I did when I, like, got my first big girl job. And I wish I could go back and do that again. That was amazing advice. I'd be trying. <laughs> okay. Next question. How do you go through a friend breakup? Oh, I know. I've never had one, so I don't know. Really? You've never had a friend break? Oh, I've had quite a few. <laughs> Yikes, Eric. I just, I just have like friend dwindles out. So we just like, you know. It was like, oh, I'm busy. We just don't talk that much, you know? I've never had a friend. No, I've definitely, so you tell me about I've it. definitely broken up with some friends. Like, we talk about it. For a lot of, I've broken up with friends for a lot of different reasons. But it's usually, I feel like for me, it's always boiled down to like whatever our relationship has become, right? Is not healthy for me anymore, right? I remember, mm. I think my most recent friend breakup was probably a few years ago um and it was like I enjoyed being this person's friend like I really valued their friendship um but for me it it didn't feel that way right um Mm. it was like this person always came to me for advice and never took it so I was frustrated with that (laughs) um but it was just like it felt as though like it I 
they never asked me how I was doing, right? Like there was never like, oh, let me check in on Lanise really. Like, no, I'm checking on Lanise briefly and then talk about all my problems and vent, vent, vent. And I was just like, I can't do this, right? Um, and before like, I think our final breakup, there were times previously where I was just like, hey, this is what it's looking like. This not gonna fly. Like, if you're not gonna take my advice, please stop asking me the same thing every couple right. of weeks. Like, my advice not gonna change. <laughs> Right, right. Like you're doing the same thing and getting the same results. I'm pretty sure. Would then Albert Einstein say something crazy like, "If you do the same thing and expect different results, that's like the definition of insanity." And I'm just like, "Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) Come on, like you keep doing it, or this person keeps showing you who they are and you don't believe it, like." They're like, this is who I am. And you're like, no, that's not who you are. And they're like, no, really, this is who I am. And you're like, no, I'm going to, no, you're not. And so (laughs) it was just like really frustrating to, I think, have to put up with that. And it didn't make me feel good, right? And it didn't make me feel good about our relationship, right? Um, And so like I broke up with them, like literally like texted them this whole thing and broke up with them. I think I like. That was a wild day because I like cussed out like three people in like the span of 24 hours Um, because that's where I got, which, you know, hopefully breakups can be amicable, but they're not always amicable. And I think what's really hard about a breakup of any sort or somebody I think no longer being in your life, especially if it's somebody you were really close to, is that like now you have to go through, I think, life without them. Um, or like, just like no longer having their input, if that's something that you value and that can be really hard, but like, you can do it. (laughs) Um, I think my advice, my advice about going through a friend breakup, what I, I would say is to like, stand strong on your boundaries. And by Mm -hmm. you breaking up with a friend, you are probably standing by a boundary that you have, right? You don't want people to disrespect your boundaries because at the end of the day when people disrespect your boundaries they're disrespecting you yeah and one of the ways i think for us to be our best selves and take care of ourselves is holding strong in these boundaries even like Mm -hmm. even when we don't want to because it may hurt like i try to do that often sometimes like i'm a very avid person who says no a lot Lenise will not do anything she really doesn't want to do right um so oftentimes I say no or at the very least let me think about it right yeah you know because I'm thinking about like why don't I want to do this like is it because I don't want to do it or are there other reasons that that make me not want to do something right um and so sometimes it's just like in order for me to take care of myself in the best way possible I have to be really strong at my boundaries, which can be really hard when you are on the other end of that boundary, because it feels like this person is rejecting you for whatever reason. And we take it personally, like they didn't want to do X, Y, and Z, like, yeah, but it's their boundary. Like I love talking on the phone for some reason, a lot of people I'm close to don't like talking on the phone. Right. (laughs) I understand that my feelings. I think my friends feel like my friends who feel like they're hurting my feelings when they're like when he's um like uh my battery is running out i'm like oh okay bye and i'm dramatic so i'm like oh my god you don't want to talk to me it's crazy (laughs) and i'm like no i'm kidding like i understand you have boundaries and you are holding strong on your boundaries regardless of our relationship because you don't want to talk on the phone anymore okay bye see you later i'll probably text you probably won't but just understanding that when you break up with somebody friend or otherwise you should really stay strong in your boundaries to protect, to, I think, not only protect yourself, but to value, to not value, but to, to care for yourself. And so it's hard, like, go ahead and cry it out if you need to, burn a photos, do, write an angry letter and never send it, you know, whatever you need to do, or however you process breakups, because, a breakup is a breakup, whether it's romantic or not. And we think that maybe romantic breakups 
non-platonic breakups require the, I think, more energy or more effort or, I don't know, like, more feelings than, like, friend breakups do. But, like, them things hurt, too. Yeah. So I would say just, like, you know, honor yourself in the way that you're feeling and, like, know that, like, however you feel about that friend breakup is valid. Maybe you feel relieved. (laughs) maybe your friend was foolish and he was like I can't do this foolishness anymore like it's not right for where I am in my life cool that's a a perfectly valid way to feel so just you know stay strong with your boundaries and like be you baby (laughs) I can't believe you never had a friend breakup maybe you know maybe you've been on the other end and you just never noticed I don't know. No, I feel like I don't. I feel like I've, I've haven't invested in people like that for me to have a friend breakup. You know, Damn. The people that I have invested in the people that I have invested in are like a very small number of people, and I'm still friends with them. Oh, so, no. I think I'm <laughs> I just a friendly it. person. Maybe that's what it is. I don't have a lot of friends. That's real talk. You know, I say, I have a lot of people who think we friends. I say <laughs> the I same thing about myself. Like I'm like I don't have a lot of friends, and everybody's just like, No, Anish, you have a lot of friends, and I'm just like, Do I? Do y'all not understand the layers? Like there are there are levels to this. Like so many levels. You got level one friends and level ten friends. I do. You you laughing? If you my friend listening to this, don't question where you are because you, you might hurt your own feelings. Um, no, oh I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I think it's just interesting. Like I would I could say the same thing about you. I think people. People who aren't really friends with you think you're friendlier than you are. Yeah, I agree. But people who are friends with me make me think I'm friendlier than I am. <laughs> and I'm just You like, are really friendly. Though. I am really friendly, but really? that does not mean I'm friends with all of all these people. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But I agree. people are like Nolanish, you friends with them. Like you keep up with people. And I'm like, but does that make us friends? I don't keep up with people. I'm bad at that. Lenise, do you have people who are like oh, I want to be their friend, but I don't have the capacity. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, I want to be that person's friend. Like, we're not friends yet, but I'm like, but I just don't have the capacity to add another friend to my life. Um, no. Like, I, I don't even think that way. But again, you know what? Maybe I am friendlier than I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, there, I've been thinking about this for, like, months. Not even months. Like, almost a year now. Like, am I friendlier than I think I am? I think it's because I'm charismatic and I'm funny. You are. I'm funny. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Toot toot, BB. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. Um, That's all we got for the advice section. Hey, that's a great advice section. You give such great advice. I know, right? I should be a therapist. Therapist. That's what my therapist be saying (laughs) sometimes. And I'm like, girl, I'll be trying to be too friendly. I'm like, girl, what's the tea? Not the tea. What's the drama? What's the drama? The drama. What's the drama? How can I help you? What's the drama? No, 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 no drama. <laughs> okay. Hey, we made it again. We did. I'm so proud of us. Turn up. Hey, hey. Mm, mm. To our faves. I don't know if my faves are the same as but Okay. Mine's is. I only got one this week. We had a shared fave. I don't know if our shared fave is still the same. Anyway, um, I'm done breaking it down. But Eric and I have another shared fave this week. Yeah. Um, and it's somebody who deserved a recognition oh for God. being like literally yes. one of the greatest <laughs> entertainers Entertainer. of all time. Yeah, truly. And if this man's name does not pop up on your mind, what are we thinking about? Who are we talking about right now? Somebody say say it to the to the audio that you're listening to. Who are we talking about? Y'all should we know. Give you y'all should have said it by now. Three it's going to be like when you watch those kids shows. Mm-hmm. What color is the wall? <laughs> you're right. It's blue. <laughs> oh, we... Who's them? the greatest entertainer of them all? You're right. It's Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. He's so underrated for how many things he's in and has done. Listen, you know what? I was driving from Target. Shocking. Uh, Lanisa's driving from a Target. And my music was on shuffle. And the song 
from this movie, this animated movie I low-key love came on, and it's a Jamie Foxx song. Hmm. Was it Rio? He Yes. Girl, you know I love Rio. He bodied that he whole did. sound. <laughs> he did that, did that. That that soundtrack is something different. It's so good. It's got uh what? Esther Esther Dean. Esther Dean in it. What happened to Esther Dean? Where's she at? Still making music? For like real? she's a she's a really big songwriter. I had no idea. Okay, Eric, I'm about to tell you the song she wrote. Thank you. Yeah, but y'all, Jamie Foxx has been literally entertaining for like over 30 years. <laughs> okay, we're we just going to pause and I'm going to tell you the song she has written. Drop it low, obviously. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Super. Pausing. Hold on, hold on. I need to look at her produced songs. Can I just send you the link? Please do. Did she really produce that? Lenise, don't forget to unpause because now our soundtrack is going to be, whatchamacallit, mismoshed. I never paused. Oh, okay. Let's just say you paused it. No. I oh. said, let's pause so I can send you this. Oh. My God. Sorry, I can help you. No, but like, she got hits, baby. She wrote Rue, Rue Boy. I love Rue Boy by Rihanna. Come on, Rue Boy. Can you get it up? Mm-hmm. Not her writing Rue Boy. I mm-hmm. thought she was 12. No. She older than us. High key. She's written for so many people. Like... But anyway, um, I'm going to tell you which real song it was. Let me take you. It was Fly Love. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? I know it was. <laughs> it's so I love. It's so good. I'm going to listen to it after after this. Um, it's so good. You know what song also... Yeah, this is a song because in my head, Randy Black go, was it really thinking? Was it looking? Was it searching for an answer? <laughs> you about to have me watch Rio. Rio's Rio. good. One and two are good. Listen, I there was a period of time when Lenise watched Rio every day. Really? Mm-hmm. It is good, Lenise. I can't even cap. It's a good movie. Like movies. Wow. Wow. So yeah, Jamie Foxx. Wow. Anyway, yes. The next one, our faves, Karen Bryant, who is a black ESPN host, and Angela Hill, who is a black woman UFC fighter, have a new podcast out where they talk about all things mixed martial arts. Um, it's called What Ooh, Had Happened Was. It's so good. Angela Hill is actually the first African-American woman to headline a card, like a UFC event. Um, oh, that's really cool. So really worth getting into them. Get into it. I like them. Um, y'all should check them out. I said get into it get in my head. That's what it. that was. Um, one of my faves, um, I'm going to shout out another podcast here. It's called Black Girl in Ohm. And literally, the person who does this, her name is escaping me right now. Um, I feel like I've shouted out Black Girl in Ohm previously. Um, but I really love this podcast, y'all. Like, it just makes me feel all good and centered and makes me feel some joy. So if you haven't checked it out, please do me a favor and check it out. <laughs> please do Hurry. me a favor. <laughs> please do me a favor. I can't. I'm tired of you laughing at me, Eric. <laughs> Eric. Okay, okay. Eric. Black Girl on Ohm, I still haven't checked it out, but I will. I will. I put that on, on me. And then the last one is that Xavier University, the HBCU in Nolens, just had their first baseball game in their school of history, which shocked me because a lot of black folks like baseball. I was surprised. But uh, they just had that. So I just wanted to shout them out. Congratulations on your first baseball game. I don't know if they won or lost, but I just think that's cool that we're having some first HBCUs in 2021. Nuts. He said, I don't know if they won, but that's not funny. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's all I got, Lenise. That's it. That's it for this very long episode, okay? Yes. The long. You want to take us out? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and listening. We hope you uh, enjoyed the very stimulating conversations about layers stimulating. Um, today. Um, follow us on the Instagram at 
B as in the letter B, you and me pod. Um, hit us up. If you need any advice, slide into our DMs and let us help you help us help you help us. Period. And until next time, until the next episode, y'all. Peace. We out. We out. <laughs>